Hey everybody, today is kind of an exciting day. So, Tough Adams changed his handle on Twitter, but kept his account, which I didn't know you could do that. I'm sure everyone else knew it, but I, but I didn't know. And so forever, when I signed on to Twitter, I don't know when I actually signed up years ago, although I didn't use it. My name wasn't available, so I had to do this ridiculous at Brown underscore Dennis M thing, because even at Brown underscore Dennis wasn't available. So I checked, and I don't know if it was the, the purge or what, but Dennis M. Brown was available. So I switched my handle. So now it's just at Brown. No, now it's at Dennis M. Brown, D-E-N-I-S, one M, M. Brown. So that's exciting. <laughs> That's how boring my life actually is. That I think <laughs> that I think that's exciting. Just to gauge that for you. So if that's not exciting for you, your life is more exciting than my life. So then also, <clears throat> I guess it was two years ago in the spring. Two springs ago, I took my kids, my wife. To the zoo in Utica, New York. Somebody told me there was a zoo. Somebody told my wife there was a zoo in Utica, New York, and that it was really great. And they had a bunch of cool animals. And um, so we looked at it, and it was really cheap, <laughs> which should have been the clue. If you run a zoo in the middle of nowhere and it's cheap, it's, pro it's probably not that great. So we went to the zoo. The only zoo I'd ever been to, I think, is uh, the Bronx Zoo, which is actually amazing. And there's other famous ones, right? The San Diego Zoo. Oh, I've been to the Central Park Zoo in New York City. That was pretty cool. They got penguins and monkeys and polar bear and stuff. Um, and then my wife's from Tampa, so Bush Gardens. We've been to Bush Gardens a bunch of times. They got cool animals kind of roaming around. It's not really a zoo kind of an amusement park with an animal refuge thing, but you can't always see the animals because they go wherever they want. So we go to the Utica Zoo and um, it was a mess. There's still snow on the ground. It was melting. Everything was muddy. But they did have some cool animals. It was definitely worth whatever it cost. I remember thinking even afterwards that it was an incredibly good deal, although I don't remember how much it cost. I want to say it was like $5 or something, or something like that for a day at the zoo. And there was no, there was a bathroom, but there was no snack bar. You couldn't buy a drink anywhere. They didn't have a soda machine. This was a bargain operation. Um, but they did have a gift shop. And there was, I think, lions? Either lions or tiger. I think it was lions. They had lions. It was kind of sad. They were in a really small cage. I mean, it was kind of, the ground was kind of natural-ish. There wasn't much room for the lions to run around. And then there was a bunch of exhibits that were empty. Then they had ostrich or emu, one of those, you know, those giant birds that are seven feet tall. And this one just kept biting at the electric fence with his mouth. And I thought, oh, that's really kind of tragically sad. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's because he was crazy from being in a zoo or because he's a bird and birds are dumb or what. 
What else did they have? They had like a Lynx thing. Bobcat, something like that. They had some other stuff. It's pretty cool. And then they had this like kids area where you could feed things. They had all the typical stuff, you know, sheep and goats and whatever. Um, but then they had these wallabies, which who the hell knows what a wallaby is, but it's a tiny kangaroo. It's like a kangaroo, but instead of being as big as a small person, it's as big as a cat. And um, I watched them run around for a while. And I was way more into the wallabies than the kids were. I guess they're also marsupials, like uh, like kangaroos. They look just like kangaroos, but they're tiny. And so I watched them for a while. And an idea started to kind of blossom in my stupid brain that they looked kind of like T-Rex, right? They've got those big, powerful legs and these tiny little arms. And they don't run on their back legs. They hop a little. Or they run on all fours. They put their little their little front legs down and they run like a four-legged animal. So I was watching them thinking, like, why? That's how T-Rex must have done it. You know, all the pictures of T-Rex has got these little, like, uh, useless arms that do nothing. There's no way... An apex predator would have useless arms. That's crazy. Something well, his arms had to be pretty developed. And he probably ran like a wallaby. So, you know, I, I'm busy. I got things to do. I got to talk to you folks. I got to write a book in seven days. I got a couple jobs. I got a family. So kind of here and there, the idea popped in my head. So the other day, I actually decided I was going to look at a skeleton of a T-Rex. Which, by the way, just so you know, up until really recently, every T-Rex they found was pieces of T-Rex. Like two rib bones, a toe, a tooth, and a vertebrae. And they built that whole animal from the little nothing. So it turns out they're pretty much right, but whatever. When you see a T-Rex skeleton at the, at the museum, what you're looking at is mostly made up. But regardless, so I'm looking at it, and they've got like this shoulder blade-looking bone on at the elbow. And I'm like, what is that? It's backwards. That thing belongs on your shoulder, and that makes the arm longer. Like it projects out longer because you have a shoulder now, and then you have a substantial bone to which you can attach some serious muscle. And then I started thinking like, okay, well, the T-Rex, the way they do it, his knees come up in front of him like a person. Or a kangaroo. Knees go out backwards behind them, I think. Maybe not. Whatever. So I'm like, yeah, if you flip the leg around and you flip that stupid shoulder blade back where it belongs... You've got these longer arms that could be jacked like those male kangaroos, like bodybuilders. And then you flip the leg and then the heel would go down on the ground like a kangaroo and he would sit on his, you know, he'd sit on his feet and that giant tail. Just, it looks just like a kangaroo. It's the same animal. 
except the T-Rex has a giant head with teeth as big as your arm. So it'd be like this 20-foot tall, hopping, perhaps marsupial. You know, there's this movement lately that they're trying to turn all the dinosaurs into birds. Oh, I found one in China with feathers near it or whatever. It fits into their evolutionary picture. I think it's nonsense. I think T-Rex looked like a kangaroo. I don't know if he had fur or not, but he didn't have wimpy little fake arms that did nothing. He had big, strong muscle arms that grab a hold of things. That's what I'm thinking. So I put a thread together. Already a veterinarian is saying that I'm wrong. You know, full disclosure, I'm not a veterinarian. I, I, <laughs> I have no experience examining animal skeletons, but check out my thread. Now at my new Twitter handle, at Dennis M. Brown, D-E-N-I-S-1-N. And you, you tell me what you think. If my evidence holds up or if the veterinarian is right. It's all a big lie. The bird thing. The bird thing drove me over the edge. When they started saying all dinosaurs probably had feathers, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with this. They were all lizards. Well, the first thing, if you go back far enough in, in paleontology, the... Uh, the first paleontologist who found dinosaurs made them up. There was these two guys and they were in competition with each other to find the coolest one. And so they made up fake stuff. They stuck bones together they knew didn't go together. They made bones from scratch out of like plaster. And then they would bring them around the world and exhibit them. And people would look at it and be super impressed with this fake, <laughs> this fake monster. And these guys got super famous and got paid a lot of money to travel around the world with their fake bones. So that's the dawn of paleontology. And, uh, you know, obviously it's gotten more legit since, but they told us our whole lives that they're lizards. Like Tyrannosaurus Rex means king of the lizards. Or some, something like that. Or terrible lizard king, terrible lizard king, something. And, uh, yeah, so now like, oh, maybe they were birds and they had feathers. Nah, that was a kangaroo. All day kangaroo. Look at a kangaroo sometime. A male, Google male kangaroo. And look how jacked those things get. They look like, they seriously look like bodybuilders. When they get crisper up and running, some guy's going to cross his DNA with kangaroo DNA and he's just going to be a ball of muscle. So yeah, so that was the other exciting thing. And then I put it out on Twitter. It did not catch on as I hoped it would. I thought that was one of those brilliant... Twitter's a funny place. You can come up with a concept that seems brilliant, like literally brilliant to you, and everybody kind of goes, heh. And then one day, half asleep, you say something, a throwaway. Like, you didn't even think about it. And that takes off like wildfire. You never can tell with the folks how they're going to react. So that's what's going on. I have no book updates. I'm still waiting on the forward to come back. I still got to edit it this weekend. So not this week. By the end of next week, we should have a book. So that's pretty exciting. 
If you're me. If you're me, it's exciting. If you're you, then you probably just want to read it because it's so good. And because you know that men are great and that masculinity is great and that it serves an amazing purpose in the world. And you know there should be a book teaching young men and men who don't know that, that lesson. So hopefully, you know, it takes off enough that some of those people get the book and it helps them. Know what I mean? So that's that. That's the book update. The whole Trump thing with the uh, press conference and the meeting with Putin and Helsinki, everybody wants to make a big deal out of it. I find it terribly boring. Like, you got to think about it this way. So before he met with Putin, the Democrats spent two years saying that Trump colluded with Putin to fix the election, which there's been literally zero evidence of whatsoever. The only thing we've really found out is that the FBI is a bunch of sneaky snakes, the CIA is a bunch of sneaky snakes, and we never trusted the NSA anyway. You know, they're having British intelligence agencies spy on the Trump campaign and pass along the information. That's the CIA. The FBI's got all these partisan hacks saying they're going to stop him from becoming president and texts with one another. But anyway, all these politicians keep saying, oh, collusion, collusion, collusion. And they dropped that and they just said Russian meddling, which eventually I think just came down to... Uh, They hacked the DNC, or somebody did, or Seth Rich released the data, or whatever the case may be. That was the big thing. So you knew going in, if as soon as he says he's going to meet with Putin, it's going to be this big deal. The Democrats are going to go crazy because they've been talking about it for two years. They can't just let it go. So they have a meeting about whatever they have a meeting about. The press is dumb at the press conference and ask him stupid questions, trying to put him on the spot to call out Putin. He doesn't really do it. Then they go crazy that he didn't do it. He should have called out Putin in front of everybody. I don't, I don't get how that's diplomatic. But anyway, he didn't do it. And then they're freaking out that it's treason and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? It's so stupid. By tomorrow, they'll be on to the next thing, right? We already had... What do we have this week already? The border, the kids at the border. The Muslim ban. Meeting with Putin. Oh, NATO, threats to NATO, like, you know, every day, there's a new thing, I don't care, it's so boring, super boring, how are they not bored, they just, I don't know, I don't know how they don't bore themselves, and then there's a bunch of people on the right, who I could probably agree with on a lot of things, who are defending stuff Trump says and does, which I don't get that either, like, I'm not saying anything, I didn't watch the press conference, because I don't care, because it's boring, I don't know that anything he said or did was right or wrong. I just know that nothing he said at the press conference has any bearing on what's actually going on in the world. Haven't you watched enough of these press conferences to know how it works? All these politicians, they just say all kinds of stuff. Ridiculous. The meeting in the back is about some secret banking cabal they're setting up, and they come out in the press conference thing and they say something totally different. They don't even mention that. They're putting on a show for y'all. Then Putin says something about giving Hillary Clinton $400 million for her campaign, illegal, illegal foreign campaign contributions. <laughs> That's kind of funny, but it's not going to go anywhere. They're not going to go after her. I don't know. Like, 
did Russia meddle in our election? Yeah, probably. Do you really care? I mean, the fact that Russian intelligence agents buy Facebook ads for political campaigns is really like that's a big deal. How about you don't make up your mind about who to vote for based on what you see on Facebook from accounts you don't know? <laughs> there, problem solved. But this is something that intelligence, intelligence agencies all over the place do. Like, we were spying on the personal and private phones of the President of Brazil and the Chancellor of Germany under Obama. He had to apologize under uh, Hillary Clinton or whatever when those cables got leaked. Like, we're not these, like, lily-white, wonderful, play-by-the-rules people. That's not what we do. We're trying to be as effective as possible. And so is Russian intelligence. And so is Chinese intelligence. And so is the Germans. And so are the Brazilians. Everybody. Trying to be as effective as possible. And if you're an intelligence agency, you know, you try to affect the outcomes of things. We openly try to affect outcomes of things. The United States State Department was in Kiev, Ukraine, while these radical right-wing Nazi Ukrainians were protesting the, the government not wanting to go to NATO handing out refreshments like actually handing out cookies and drinks <laughs> so we get involved in stuff we shouldn't be involved in it's the way it works don't be so naive don't act so shocked when you hear that somebody's doing something because you're probably doing it your country's probably doing it and you shouldn't be surprised that's my take on it find it terribly boring press conferences are stupid everything they say they just say for the benefit of the press so they only tell you things they want you to know they don't tell you anything about what's really going on they don't tell you the real content of the meeting that's why you weren't invited to the meeting that's why it's a closed door meeting because you don't get to know what I actually talked about the last 10 minutes of the meeting is probably press conference prep what are we going to tell the people we talked about, <laughs> talked about that's how it goes So don't get all worked up about press conferences and Trump meetings and whatever. Come on. It came out, uh, I, think the, I think the Royal Bank of Scotland came out and did an evaluation showing that a trade war was going to be much more adverse to the Chinese yuan than it is to the U.S. dollar. And if that's true, that means China's going to back off. So it means that Trump won, projected to win the trade war with China... He already won concessions from NAFTA countries. He already won concessions from NATO. He obviously won enormous concessions to North Korea and had a historic meeting between the president of South Korea and the dictator of North Korea. A lot of good stuff going on. That's the problem with the media at the end of the day is that they're so obsessed with bad Trump, bad Trump, that they don't even bother telling you anything, anything that's good that happens. Even if you want to pause it, pawn it off as an accident. I want to say, like, oh, well, this good thing is happening, but Trump stumbled upon it, and he didn't know what he was doing. Like, all right, fine, you don't have to give him credit. You just have to admit that it's going on. So regular people see the economy doing pretty well. You know, the job situation's pretty good. And you're on there talking about Trump's ruining the economy. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? It's how you ruin your credibility. But the national media, they live in these bubbles, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., New York City. And they only really talk to each other.
Gavin McInnes was explaining how it works like at Fox News. If you're a contributor at Fox News, you got to show up in the morning like a job. And you just hang out and wait to go on. Somebody decides they want you on their show, you're available. That's your job. <laughs> so who do you talk to all day? You only talk to people at Fox News. You're just stuck in a room. Talking to those people. So you all agree with each other. Surprise, surprise. But anyway. So don't get all worked up about little details that don't affect your life at all. Listen, I hope you all have a fantastic day. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. We will check you out tomorrow. Go to Twitter at Dennis M. Brown. Dennis with one N. And, uh... Check out that thread about the Tyrannosaurus. Tell me what you think. Also, stay tuned for book updates. The Toxic Masculinity Crisis by Dennis M. Brown is coming soon to Amazon.com and Kindle. All right, y'all. We'll talk to you later. Bye.